You know what? Don't just let Sundays go by as just another message. Yeah, be a doer of the word. Why don't you just nudge somebody right now and say, be a doer of the word of God. Don't just listen to it. Yeah? But as we go through these, these examples in the life of Gideon, we find a person who's going from a place of, of self-consciousness and fear and intimidation into a place of incredible confidence where he's actually used by God to, to bring transformation to a nation and actually to, to a period of history. You know, somebody said, in fact, I think it was Stephen, my uh, 12-year-old, he said during the wedding yesterday, um, or, you know, just before it, or was it my other son, Michael, or my oldest one? I don't know which one it was. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps I said it. I don't know. Um, it was one of them. They said this. They said, I, I doubt if, if the mum at the time she gave birth to her daughter, ever dreamt her daughter would end up in this position. I mean, that's, that's, that's quite a thought. Sort of, how did this happen? <laughs> Where did this come from? History was made yesterday in so many ways. So many ways. And um, I wonder if Gideon's mum ever dreamt when she was giving birth to her son, that he would be a world changer, that he would be a history maker, that he would be somebody that God used. I went through a number of the other people in the book of uh, Judges, you know, just during the week, just to get more of the context of what was going on. And, you know, Israel was going in and out and in and out and in and out of all sorts of stuff. But... Every time God raised somebody up, he brought deliverance to a nation. You know, there was a guy whose mum named him Maggot. <laughs> That's a good start in life, isn't it? Maggot. And yet he was used by God to bring deliverance. Fancy being called worm every day of your life. As you know, I'm seriously, just horrendous. You know, somebody else was left-handed, which back then was seen as a, you know, a disability, and yet it was the way God brought deliverance into a situation. So many examples, and Gideon is a great example, but you know what? God wants you and I to be another example. He wants you, and he wants me to be an example of somebody who can make history and bring transformation to a nation. You know, I can't talk about the other generations. I wasn't alive then, but I can certainly talk about this one and we need a move of God and we need a move of the church. We need the church to rise up. It's happening. You better believe it's happening. We're not on the back foot. We're on the front foot. We may be a minority, but we are a majority in Jesus' name. More are those who are with us than those who are with them. That's the story of the Bible. And the story of Gideon is this, God can save by many or by few. I know that's from another part of the Bible, but that's, that's the story of the Bible. One saviour. We didn't need a thousand saviours, we only needed one. 120 people praying in an upper room and the world was changed forever as the Holy Spirit invaded that meeting. There is no limit to what God can do with your life. 
The only limit is the limit you place on yourself. That is the only limit. That's not a success preach. That's an abundant life message. It's about the fact that God lives in you and God lives in me. The greater is he that's in me than anything that is is surrounding our life. It's the fact that if God is for us, who can be against us? We're going to turn to the book of uh, Judges chapter 6 again and just read four verses today from verse 36. What have we learned so far from Gideon that he was threshing wheat in the wine press? He was saying, the devil's not going to take my stuff. He may be invading the nation, but he's not getting my harvest. Anybody with that sort of attitude this morning? Devil, you're not getting my stuff. Come on, let's say that. Devil, you're not getting my stuff. (laughs) So God comes and speaks to him. Why? Because he's the only one standing. Everyone else was hiding in caves, given up and defeated. And the Holy Spirit comes, the angel of God comes, God himself comes and says, Gideon, you mighty man of valour. And he sort of says, who? What, me? You know what the angel is saying? You are born for more than the wine press. You're born for more than just threading, you know, threshing uh, wheat, hiding away. And he said, you can do this. He said, but I'm the least and I'm the smallest and we're the most insignificant. He said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valour. Doesn't matter what you are in the flesh, it's what you are in the spirit that counts. It's who you are in the spirit that counts. It's not the parents you had, it's the heavenly father that you've got. It's not the education that you've got, it's God's word on the inside of you that matters. He argued these points and he gave an offering and God spoke to him and he had to deal with his past. He had to deal with his mentality. He had to deal with the altars that his father had built and the, and the gods. And we, you know, we dealt with that, the strongholds of the past. And now we come to this fantastic few verses, verse 36. So Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, he got it. That wasn't an arrogant statement. That was a statement that something had completely changed on the inside of him. Just in the space of a few verses, he had gone from, but I'm too small, I'm too weak, I'm too insignificant to a place of saying, God, if I'm going to deliver a nation. See, he'd come to believe it. There's a great example in the life of King David where he'd been anointed three times. He'd been anointed by Samuel the prophet. Then he'd been anointed in Judah and anointed over Israel. And then it says that something happened. So David perceived that God had established him as king. You see, the fact that he'd been king was impotent until the day he perceived he was king. See, there's facts and truth all the way through the Word of God declaring who you are in God, but until the day you perceive it, it's not going to do any good in your life. David perceived he was king. Something changed. The day before, he was, he was king by declaration, but he wasn't a king on the inside. Something changed. 
He got up in a different way. And it's my prayer that through this series and through just the, you know, just the journey that all of us are on in Citygate Church, that on a daily basis we wake up with a perception. That we get up knowing something different than we knew yesterday. That we get up knowing that we know. That's what I've called today, knowing that we know. So David, sorry, uh, not David, Gideon got up here and he says, Lord, if you're going to save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put out a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know. Everybody say, I shall know. know. Okay. That you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so when he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece out together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, God, but let me speak just one more time. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on all the ground. Father, as we come to your word today, we, Lord, we present ourselves to you to be teachable, to be clay on your, clay in your hands, Lord, for you to mould us more and more into your image, into the, into the person and the people that you want us to be. Spirit of God, take God's word today and transform us, speak to us, encourage us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we shall be doers of your word and not hearers only in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You know what? There are so many times in the Bible that we find people stepping out to do the impossible. Let that sink in for just a moment. We find people who will trust God against all the odds, against all the evidence, against all logic, we could say. We find people who are prepared to put God's word to the test. We find people who are saying, I'm going to sink or swim with this. I'm not going to live the safe life. I'm going to step out and I'm going to be different. Some people, they do what appears to be really risky or in some place, in some cases, plain stupidity. You did what? You're doing what? We find Abraham who left everything because he heard from God. <laughs> it's funny how when we pray or when we talk to God, it's called prayer. When we say we hear from God, it's called madness. <laughs> I get worried when people are not hearing from God, not when they're hearing from God. Abraham left everything. Why? Because he heard from God. Isaac sowed seed, precious seed, in a time of great famine. When there was nothing growing. I mean, just imagine that. You've got nothing left. Nobody's got anything left. We had the Great Depression of the 30s or the crash of 2008, whatever it is. Everybody's pulling in their belt and you start throwing it away. That's the situation. This was not just a little bit of savings here. 
This was what was keeping them alive. He sowed seed in the ground when it was all dying. Nothing was growing. Surely that's an absurd thing to do. You're not going to give your tithe, are you, when you're struggling? You're not going to sow seed, are you, when you've got needs? You're not going to pray for somebody else to be healed when you've got pain in your own body, are you? You're not going to go to church when you'd really rather stay in bed, are you? Because you're struggling. No, come on, we sow in the time of famine. That's the best time to sow. We find Joseph who would not compromise. What an incredible life. We find Moses stepped into the sea with the Egyptians on his on his tail to walk in. We find the same thing in the Jordan with Joshua. Uh, it's just absurd. <laughs> See, we read these things in the Bible and they're great stories, but just put yourself in that position. Okay, I'm walking into the sea right now. We're going to walk straight through. It's amazing. We find Joshua in the sight and hearing of everybody speaking to the sun and to the moon. Stand still, son. Now, he didn't know that the sun's not moving. The earth's moving around the sun. I know we still have a large portion of the earth that believes the sun goes around the earth. That's just crazy. But we know otherwise today that the earth is going around the sun. Isn't it amazing? Even in praying in his ignorance, he stopped the universe. For a day, he stopped everything. He didn't stop the sun, he stopped the universe. <laughs> he spoke to the moon. The moon, Everything stops because a man spoke. Hannah, she believed for a child when she couldn't have children. David fought the Philistines time and time and time and time again, sometimes against all the odds. There was one lady in the Bible who believed God would raise her son from the dead. And when she was confronted the servant confronted her and the, the husband and she said, everything's, everything's well. Are you mad? Are you crazy? You're carrying a corpse and you're saying everything's fine. Jo Jonathan climbed a cliff with his armour bearer with a confidence on the inside said the Lord will save by many or by few. And in the first couple of acres or three quarters of an acre or whatever it was, he, he defeated 20 of the enemy army by himself. We find the boy David. I mean, this is the most obvious one. He killed Goliath with a rock and a sling as a young man. Jehoshaphat sent out a praise team at the head of an army. Are you for real? You know, sadly, we see on our, 
on our television today, so many wars. Horrific what's going on out there. Can you imagine a church going out there with some banners and flags and a few trumpets and walking straight down? In fact, there was a man, this was some time ago, who went through a firing line. There were, there were bombs and machine guns going this way and that way when he was going around the world with a cross. This is back in the 70s and the 80s, and God called him to walk straight down the middle, and he walked straight down the middle of this thing, didn't get touched. But it's an absurd thing to do. Isn't that crazy? Am I making my point this morning? Some people have done some pretty daft things. <laughs> Sometimes we just play it way too safe. Elijah called down fire on an altar with a nation hating him, observing after the challenge. You pray to your God, I'll pray to my God, the God that answers by fire, he's God. Fancy standing in the, model of, in the middle of Bromley High Street, saying, right, everybody gather around. Here's a chicken. And I'm going to call down fire from heaven right now. Is, every, is everybody listening right now? Yeah. Gather round, come out the glades, everybody. <laughs> and if God does it, he's God. If he doesn't, he's not God. <sighs> Just craziness. And of course, God did it. Elisha said the jar of oil will not run dry. Go and get every empty jar you've got at a time of famine. Hadn't been raining, you know, hadn't rained for three and a half years or whatever time it was when he did that in that time of drought. So go and get loads of jars, empty jars, as many as you can, and God's going to fill every one of them. For all of these people, God showed himself strong and performed his word. For every one of them. And these are just the ones we find in the Bible. What about the countless thousands, hundreds of thousands of testimonies and accounts and stories of people who have stood on God's word over the last 2,000 years, especially since the church was, was born? Said, I'm going to put God's word to the test. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I choose to believe the word of God. God will show up. You see, central to us stepping out is having the conviction on the inside that you're going to succeed. That God is going to show up, that God is going to show himself strong. Can I say that is the spirit of faith? That is the spirit of faith. It's not hoping, it's not wondering, it's not, well, let's just give us our best shot and we'll have a little plan B somewhere just in case God doesn't show up. <laughs> no, we're going we're gonna to trust God here. That is central to the Christian life, but it's central to us stepping out and, sh and showing that God is God. So here's Gideon, just had an encounter of his life, just just had, had the encounter with the angel. God had called him. 
And God's saying, transform a nation. And he said, okay, if this is for real, if this is for real, I need to know that I know. I need to know that I know that I know that I know that I know. He wanted to know that he was going to win. He didn't want to step out unless he knew that he knew. And so what he did was he, he put himself into the place where he would come to the place where he knew that he knew. He wasn't just saying, okay, God, if you're going to do it, fine. I'll just carry on with my life until you do something. No, he's saying, okay, if what you said is true, I'm going to step out and I'm going to do this, but I'm only going to step out when I know that I know that I know that I know I'm going to win. See, this is central. People step out not knowing. See, people step out hoping and then wonder why something doesn't break through. See, God wants us to step out once we have a conviction. Are you with me this morning? Are you getting anything out of this today? Because I want to I wanna, I wanna invest faith in us today, but I want to invest more than just a, a wacky, oh, let's just really everybody jump out there. No, I want to put something into this place today that says I need to hear something from God. I need to hear something from God. See, before the church was born in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, unless you were a prophet, which were very rare, <laughs> they were like the odd ones. They wore camel's hair and ate locusts and weird things like that. But unless you were a prophet, the way you would confirm if something was of God, you'd ask for a sign. God, if this is you, give me a sign. God, give me a sign. I need a sign. If I get up in the morning and the sun's shining, I'll know it's you. <laughs> hmm, okay. They had these things called the, the Thummim and the Urim, which I talked about in the, in the Joshua, sorry, in the David series about three years ago. I'm not going to cover it again today. I'm sure you can get the download, but it's, it was this thing. It was, like, it was like throwing dice. It was like, okay, is this you, God? Get these two stones. Yes, it's God. I don't know if they'd glow or if they'd shake or spin around. It didn't tell you what they did, but they knew from, they'd sort of hold these things and they got, and they got the ephod on the breastplate and they did all their thing and, yes, it's God. Well, a bit like the tea leaves. You don't like me now, do you? But I mean, weird stuff, yeah? That's how they did it. The prophet would hear from God. And they just had to trust that he'd, that he'd heard from God. That's why a prophet that was wrong didn't live very long. If you say the wrong thing, we can't, we can't gamble with this. If we're going to send out the praise band at the head of the army, we need to know this is God talking through this bloke. Hello? You see, the emphasis was show me something and I will know. Give me a feeling and I'll know. Give me a sign and I'll know. But I, I really have to make this point today. Everything changed with Jesus. Jesus changed all of that. We don't have the Urim and the Thummim anymore. You know, before the day of Pentecost, we'd had the crucifixion of Jesus. He'd been raised from the dead and we'd had the death of Judas. 
And so they thought, well, we need another apostle. So they did the Old Testament stuff. They drew lots. A bit like the short straw thing. Draw straws. Who's going to be the next apostle? Get, I don't know, 50 people, 50 straws. One's the short one. Da, 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 da. It's you. It's a sign. It's a sign that the dove flew over my house at 10 o'clock. Lord, if I get that phone call by nine o'clock, I'll know it's you. Hello? Lord God, I believe in favour, so if this goes all very smoothly, I'll know it's you. Are you getting where I'm going with this? Okay. See, Jesus changed all of that. We are no longer people who are led by external evidence, but by the internal voice of the Holy Spirit. External evidence operates in that natural realm. Well, anything that operates in the natural realm is open to abuse and is open to deception. Anything. Why? Because that's where the enemy operates. External evidence can be manipulated. Why? Because we say, God, if this is a bit like, you know, Gideon here. He said, okay, God, I'll know it's you if the fleece is wet and the ground is dry. So God does it. And he goes, oh, you know what? That might just be a coincidence. <laughs> Actually, to believe you've heard from God from external evidence will never, never give you a conviction. Never. It cannot. Why? Because faith does not come by a feeling. Faith does not come by something happening or not happening. Faith comes from one place only, and that's your relationship with God. External evidence can be argued away. Oh, that was just a coincidence. I'm going to pray another prayer. I'm going to ask for now the, the fleece to be dry and the ground to be wet. Why? External evidence leaves room for doubt and unbelief. No longer a sign, church. It's relationship. No longer a feeling, it's relationship. No longer a telephone call, it's a relationship. No longer something happening internationally, it's a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to be people who step out on the Word of God, and if we're going to see people come to Christ, we need to be led by something more than a feeling, more than an action, more than something around us. We need to be led by a conviction and the person of the Holy Spirit as He reveals His Word on the inside of our lives. Four things as we start to close. Number one, we need to partner with the Holy Spirit. We're not partnering with a feeling or with a sign and a wonder. How many times have we prayed, God, if it's you, let that end today in Jesus' name. No longer if it's you, God, what are you saying? I want to partner with the Holy Spirit. Can I say this? He is a person, so let's talk with him. He has a voice, let's listen to him. He has been sent, let's believe that we have received him. He is our helper, ask for help. You know, something I've learned to do over the years is say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. God, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. See, if you don't think you need help, uh, you, you need more help than anybody. <laughs> Nudge someone and say, I think he's talking to you. Yeah. He is our leader. Let's do what he says. Hello? 
Is this okay? Yes. Is Grumpy awake next to you? <laughs> Let's do what he says. When he says something, we need to do it. Not just say, oh, thank you, God, for talking to me. We need to be doers of what he said. You know, I've heard it so many times. If you haven't heard God for a long time, then go back to the last thing he said to you and make sure you've done it. He ain't going to talk to you again. Oh, you know, I'm not going to preach this as a doctrine, but, but the principle, you know, if we say, oh, God, talk to me, and he says something, and then we, then we don't do what he says, he's, gonna, he's not going to waste his words. He's our teacher. Let's learn from him. Holy Spirit, I want you to teach me today. I ask you to teach me today. Enlighten me. Help me to understand some things today. He reveals God's word. So let's build a strong spirit of faith on purpose. Because the more we hear his voice, the more we hear the word of God, the greater faith we're going to have. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the Holy Spirit through his word. So number one, we need to partner with the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you, whoever you are, I don't know how you run your day, and I'm not saying you've got to get up in the morning and have an hour with God or anything, but can I say this? Have a lifestyle of partnership with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, I give you room. Holy Spirit, talk to the Holy Spirit. He's been sent, so thank him. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you live on the inside of me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you live around me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you're upon my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you're like a light before me. Like the Word of God is a light. You reveal the Word of God so I can walk in your footsteps. Can I hear an amen this morning? Partner with the Holy Spirit. Number two, develop discernment. Develop discernment. You see, discernment does not develop on its own. It's something that we need to do. It's something that we need to practice. It's something that we need to develop. In academy, academy's been great over the last few months, yeah? People enjoying it, getting transformed and stirred up and empowered. And we had a couple of sessions about how to see and hear in the Spirit. And you know what the amazing thing was? Everybody did. We had about 65 people there for those two nights. And everybody, as far as I'm aware... Everybody got something that was accurate. They gave a picture or they said, you know what, I see over your life, we paired everybody up and, you know, and it's like, wow, I've never done this before. Well, you could have done. You could have done. It's, he's always been there, but it's something you need to put to work. It's something that you need to step into, something that you need to develop. So we need to develop discernment. How do we do that? Well, of course, number one, read the Bible. Read the Bible. The more you read the Bible, the greater sense of discernment you're going to have on the inside. Why? Because when you go through something, God's Word will come up. When you're faced with something, God's Word will come up. When you're praying about something, God's Word will come out. And the more of God's Word that we have, is this a bit deep this morning or is this, 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 I just want to be really straightforward today. We're no longer praying for signs. We're not doing that anymore. Instead, we're saying, God, I want to develop discernment in my life. Read your Bible. 
you know, preferably, I'd say this, on purpose, out loud. There is power on reading the Bible out loud. Absolutely. What else do we need to do to develop discernment? Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage everybody in this room here today to pray with tongues, to pray in tongues. Oh, this is the Pentecostal church. Well, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Modern, charismatic, contemporary, mind-blowing, amazing, weird, challenging, encouraging. Call it what you want, but we're a church that needs the Holy Spirit. We're a church that needs the Holy Spirit. And I pray that every partner of Citygate Church is empowered by, zapped with, encounters the Holy Spirit. That we don't live our life from a place of dry obedience. The, the Holy Spirit has the right, which he has, but you know, there's a partnership going on to touch us, you know, to touch us emotionally and physically and spiritually. That we don't live a life as dry as a bone. The joy of the Lord is flooding out and we don't know how to rejoice. It's the joy of the Lord in the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Spirit. Where we're seeing and hearing and encountering the realm of the Spirit. We may not be a church where everybody's, you know, ruckus-shundering every two minutes and screaming out in tongues and somebody runs up and says, I've got a word, I've got a word. We, we may not do all of that, but you know what? That's just so much of that is performance and a waste of time. Hams on a Sunday and then we go to work and we go to life and we're not partnering with the Holy Ghost. We've just had an encounter on a Sunday. Hello? These things need to be real and they need to be a partnership. As we develop discernment, pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're not, if you've never yet spoken with tongues, make that a top priority. God, I want to step out and speak with tongues. I want this to flood out of my life. What else do we need to do? We need to talk with God about hearing His voice. Help me to hear your voice. That's a great prayer. You know, Solomon put it like this, God, give me a hearing heart. God said, because you get a hearing heart and you haven't prayed for this and that and wealth and childhood and your enemies being wiped out, whatever, you just prayed to hear my voice. You know what? You're going to be the most successful man who's ever lived. Why? Because you hear my voice. We need to feed ourselves positive kingdom principles and atmospheres. There are times and things happen or we, you know, something at home or something in the office or something in the street or whatever. And, you know, as you look back, you think, you know what, that didn't build anything in my life. Wish I hadn't been through that. Anybody ever been there? Wish we hadn't entertained that. Wish we hadn't, you know, compromised there. Because you look back and you go, you know what, that didn't build anything of the kingdom of God in my life. I've got to repair that now. Come on, let's on purpose, let's feed ourselves positive kingdom principles and atmospheres. Number three, can I have the band up please? Number three, let's be teachable people. You see, you know, Gideon was, God, if this is you, I want a sign or a wonder. Well, we're going further than that today. We're saying, God, I want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to hear your voice. 
I want to, I want to develop discernment on the inside. So you know what we need to be? We need to be teachable people. And I'm not just saying teachable with God, but teachable from other people as well. This is so often where the challenge comes. Can I say, listen to the wisdom of other people? You know, there's somebody I've, I've had to, you know, block him from, from you know, contacting me. We've all got stuff like this. And there was, there was somebody here years ago and believed he was a prophet and believed he was Elijah, come again, and all sorts of weird stuff. And we had to deal with it. And we had to, da, 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 da. I won't go there. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, I still get the most horrible mess thrown at me. And, it's, it's, it, it, you know, I got this word from this prophet. If you don't repent, the judgment of God is coming. And like, dear God, you know, you just block. Block. Everybody say block. block. Unfriend. Do whatever you need to do. Yeah? But listen to people of wisdom. Don't block the wise ones just because you don't like them and you don't agree with them. Hello? Don't block the people. You know, oh, God's spoken to me to do this. And everybody around you is saying, mm, don't think that's God. And you go, oh, well, I know it's God. Tra la 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 la. I'm going to block my wife. I'm going to block my elders. I'm going to block my pastor. I'm going to block my small group leader. I'm going to block my youth leader because I believe I've heard from God. You are a fool. Hello? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. God sets order in His kingdom for your safety and for my safety. Who do we need to listen to? Our spouse. Listen to them. Who else do you need to listen to? Your spiritual oversight. The Bible says, obey those who rule over you. Talking about church leaders. And you know, we, you know, I can only speak for here. I know there's spiritual abuse all over the place. I get that. There's a, you know, somebody I was talking to the other day where they were in such a controlled situation. They were told what clothes to wear. They were told that it's like, dear God, get free. Leave. Can I say leave that? Leave that mess. We're not talking about controlling manipulation. We're talking about wise counsel. Wise counsel. You come to me and say, you know, should I marry this person? You know what I'm going to say? The only question I'm going to ask is this. Are they born again? It's the only question. Everything else is your choice. There's only one thing that the Word of God specifically says. Hello? And that's not my opinion. I'm just going to say, well, you know, is this an equal yoking going on here? Yeah. Uh, am I treading on dodgy ground right now? I'm not going to say, well, I think that person's the right one for you. None of my business. I don't have to live with him or I don't have to live with her. Oversight, do not speak into, in a place of authority, into your personal life. All they are there to do is to give wise counsel so you can make your decision. Come on, come on. Who else do you need to listen to? Your mentors, your coaches. Close friends. Close friends. Number four, as we close, 
What else do we need to do? Number one is partner with the Holy Spirit. Number two is develop discernment. Number three, be teachable. Number four, be unwavering in our conviction. Be unwavering in our conviction. All the time you pray for a sign, you're gonna think, well, was that really a sign or was that just a coincidence? But when you've heard the voice of God on the inside, it deals with double-mindedness. It deals with it, bang. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly, the Bible says. Let, let, let God's Word dwell in you richly. Hear the voice of God. Pray for wisdom. Why? Because then you'll be single-minded. Unwavering in our conviction. What does that mean? That we don't give up when the going gets tough. I love Daniel. He's just one of my favourites in the Bible. There he is hanging out the window when they said, don't pray against the law. And so he starts praying. He reads the book of Jeremiah and it says, after 70 years, I'm gonna get him out. He looks at his calendar and he goes, you know what? 70 years is up. I'm gonna start praying. Didn't pray for a sign. He had a written word. Hello? He had a written word of God. Started praying started to repent, started to identify with the nation, started to cry out for God. 21 days. Some of us would have given up after two days, after five minutes, after 10 days. Or perhaps we would have done every day for three days, then missed a couple of days just because I forgot about that. And then, no, no, every day, bang, three times a day, whatever it was, out the window. Pray, 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 prophesy, repent, identify, go for it. Absolutely poured his life into it. And then an angel comes and says, I was sent on the first day. But because you kept praying, I had a battle in the heavenlies. Michael came through. Because you kept praying, we won. Don't give up. Look at someone say, don't give up. Say, the, an the angels have been sent. Come on, tell them, the angels have been sent. Yeah. Be unwavering in our conviction. How else? We speak what God has said to us. Speak it out. Don't just think about it. Speak it out. And you may go, well, this one's like that other one, don't give up. But I'm going to say this, don't give way to the pressure to give in. You see, giving up is saying, oh, well, nothing's happening. Giving in is saying, I can't do this anymore. Do you hear the difference there? Giving up is saying, nothing's happening. There's no change. 21 days, nothing's happened. I'm just going to give up and do something else. Giving in is this, you know what? Pressure's too much. Can't do this anymore. I've stood and having done all to stand, stand and I can't do this anymore. No, guys, come on in Jesus' Name. Do not give in to the pressure. Do not give way to the pressure to give in. I want to close with this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 18. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The treasure that he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. The glory of God on the inside that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Everybody say not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Struck down, but we're not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life, the abundant Zoe, miracle, powerful working life of God may be revealed in our, uh, in our, 
in and through our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life is working in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what the Word of God says, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing, knowing. Come on, church. Knowing, we believe, therefore we speak, knowing. We believe, therefore we prophesy, knowing. Firmly, with conviction on the inside, knowing that He who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that grace. Everybody say grace. We sung about grace earlier. Grace is all of God being made available to little old you and me. Grace works with faith. Faith works with grace. That grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is in there. Why? Because conviction is in there. Why? Because the presence of God is in there. Why? Because the glory of God is in there. Why? Because the Word of God is in there. Why? Because the plan of God is in there. Why? Because God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit is on the inside of us today. Yet the inward man is being, re is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. We're not looking at the fleece anymore. We're not looking at the dove flying in the middle of the day. We're not looking at the phone call. We're not looking at the contract. We're looking into the Word of God. We're looking into the relationship of the Holy Spirit. We're praying, we're believing, we're standing. While we do not look at the things which are seen, we look at the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. They are fading and they will pass away. But the things which are not seen, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the voice of God, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God, the blood of Jesus, these things are eternal. They are eternal. The power of the Holy Spirit in us is greater than the battles we face around us. Come on, let's stand to our feet today. Did you get anything out of that? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's lift our hands to God here today. What is today all about? Today is about this. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's lift our hands. Say, Holy Spirit, touch my life. Come on, say, Holy Spirit, I desire to hear Your voice, to be led to be taught, to be moulded, to be fashioned. Holy Spirit, fill me again. Holy Spirit, anoint me again. Holy Spirit, lead my life into all the truth. Holy Spirit, I honour You, I worship You, I magnify You, I make room for You, I respect You, I fear You, I value You, 
I invite you to transform my life on a daily basis. No longer will I look at what I can see. I will look at the unseen things of the Kingdom of God, the Spirit of faith, the joy of the Lord, the grace of God and the Word of God. In Jesus' Name, I am a Son of God because I am led by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' Name, and everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise.